All right. Before we get started, though, we do have feedback that we have been meaning to read out for a couple of episodes and are just getting to. So sorry, guys, but we're here. Uh, first thing is from Mike, who says, hi, I really enjoy the show. Thank you. He says, I've been listening through the back episodes and wondered if I could request war games as a trip back to 1983. Oh, fuck yeah, you can, Mike. <laughs> Let's get it in there. Um, we will get that on the list. Um, we've got some a bunch of requests that we need to like figure out where they're going to sit on the list. But yes, absolutely, we will do war games and go back to eighty three. That'll be super fun. I haven't actually seen that. Oof. So yeah, I'm excited. Um, and then okay, we've got some like so overdue. This is like a month. I know. Sorry about this, dude. Yeah, this is like a month overdue feedback. All right. Do you want to like trade off? This is like we got a novel here uh, from Gordon. I don't have that thing out. Can you send that to me real quick? It's in the inbox. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm an idiot. Never mind. You got it. All right. You can edit all of this. Um, I don't know. Give me a sign when you're in there and we'll like switch off. All right, so we're going to read out um, the messages that Gordon sent us. So we've got a bunch of feedback from Gordon on like a lot of stuff that we've covered in the past. Uh, But we're definitely going to read it out, and we'll always read out your guys' feedback when you send it. So send us your thoughts um, over to the email at gobehindthetimeline at gmail.com. We love hearing what you guys have to say. Hit us up on the Instagram. Hit us up on Twitter. Um, So I'm going to let Lindsay read the Wheel of Time thing. So I'm going to start this off because the first one is Disney-related. The second one is Wheel of Time related. Um, So he says, general Disney stuff. There are a couple podcasts I think you might actually like. One is Disorder Every Disney Film, which I actually haven't heard of and definitely want to look at. Uh, It's a bit like your podcast, only they go through every Disney movie, providing background information, historical context, and their opinions. Oh, it's exactly like us. (laughs) Um, The second is Connecting with Walt, a Disney history podcast, which is right up my alley. And I will be checking that one out. Thank you, Gordon. And he says, Wheel of Time, yes, just yes. Damn um, right. <laughs> right? I'm so, guys, so excited for season two, um, which we will be covering. So look out for that in September and for a massive pause on the timeline to just mm-hmm. just be in the Watt world. Um, so it says, I have no idea how many times I've read it. I overall enjoyed the first season. It's different from the books, but I expected that from an adaptation. I just don't think they've done anything that is so off the rails that they can't recover in season two. I actually appreciate some of the changes, including increasing the diversity and bringing some things more to the forefront. Could not agree more. Um, I have a lot of trust in Rafe. I really think that it's going to go well. I know there's a lot of changes, but I think it's going to, I think it's going to be good. I think. It's and you know me, good. I'm such an expert. So I'm like, yeah. I'm here for all of it. I don't know. I don't know. I will have I the third book I could book find read. Tar Valen, let alone the White Tower. I definitely so. could find the White Tower. Because it's on. <laughs> I know all about that shit. All right. Scott catch that joke. Oh, he's did. a true fan. He's a yeah. true fan. All right. You get, all right. You're, if you catch the clit joke, you're allowed in the, in the water. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> uh, he also wrote Mary Poppins. This was one of my sick day movies growing up. Dude, same. Uh, the behind the scenes stuff was quite interesting. Saving Mr. Banks gives a little insight, but naturally it's also full of historical inaccuracies. You're goddamn right. It is dude. Uh, the dis unplugged Disneyland edition did a podcast on the backstory and it seems like they did their homework to try and give their most accurate version possible. I've seen the musical based on the movie books twice and highly recommend it. Actually didn't know that there was a musical. Uh, it features Mr. Banks childhood nanny and a bit of how he ended up being the person that he is. 
There is a kind of song battle between Mary Poppins and the former nanny called Brimstone and Treacle. Is that? I'm just that's how you say it. Okay, cool. Uh, treacle, music- like treacle tart. Like what oh, Harry that's Potter what I thought. Okay. I just thing. have never seen that word spelled out before. Um, never the musical. Key- I have a problem with that statement. When they say treacle tart one time and it's in Sorcerer's Stone. The when whole there's thing. All right, go no, on. They, whatever, oh, whatever, dude, whatever. I will. <laughs> the music key- <laughs> The musical keeps most of the songs from the movie, but eliminates the song Mr. Banks sings. I got to tell you, dude, I don't think I could have handled Mary Poppins if Mr. Banks sings more than just the song he sings. And even that is like, mm. <laughs> All right. Gordon goes on to say Little Mermaid. Yes. Apropos. Uh, I thought the the live action was iffy. That's my thoughts, not Gordon's. But um, yeah, because I appreciate the perspectives you shared on this movie. There's a really interesting version of Poor Unfortunate Souls sung last year on American Idol Disney Night. We'll have to check that out. Also, there's a fun video on YouTube of Pat Carroll as Ursula doing the ghost host speech from Haunted Mansion. Sick. I saw a shirt, I think, on Etsy or Redbubble with Ariel in the caption. I want to be where the people aren't. That's legit. That's I want to rock that. I would rock the shit out of that. (laughs) Um, It's amazing to me, too, that we didn't even plan this to go back to back. But these are all the movies that each of us like cares about. This actually works out really well. Yeah. Uh, Fievel goes west. I recently showed this movie to my nephew and niece. Dude, same. At the time of us doing that episode. Uh, Having not seen the movie in a decade or two, it was an interesting experience going back. Some things have definitely not aged well. By the way, they are actually a Fievel goes west kids play zone at Universal Studios for many years. I was a teenager when I went to Universal, so I have no direct experience with the playground, but apparently it was a pretty big. So, yes, against all expectations, Fievel did have a theme park representation. I honestly am very upset by that. that I didn't didn't know know that. that. Yeah, I can't believe I had no idea. That's insane. And that that never came up in my research. It had to have been around for such a small amount of time. I can't believe I was never there because I would have been like so into that. Um, Aladdin. I saw an Aladdin parade at Hollywood Studios. It was basically the Prince Ali scene that tracks. Hell yeah. Jafar was basically a janitor following up at the end of the parade. There's a That's show awesome. called Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, which is sort of a mashup of Alice in Wonderland and Aladdin. In the show, they give a backstory for the snake staff. Sick. Would like to know. Yeah, uh, They sick. talk about limitations on wishes. Would like to know. They say mm-hmm. the lamp cannot move on to the next person until all three wishes have been used. So we know that's not true. And breaking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this closes up a few of the plot holes and creates some new ones, I would say. Uh, there's a live, so, uh, live stage show at California Adventure. It's quite funny as they regularly brought it up. Uh, brought in updated pop culture references. Yeah, I've seen the live show in California. That's actually sick. I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. Lion King. There is a live show at Animal Kingdom called Festival of the Lion King. It is like the songs uh, with various forms of interpretive dance. That's sick. There are monkey acrobats and fire dancers during Be Prepared. There fucking better be. Um, The Broadway musical Spectacular. You're damn right about that. I saw that in New York. Uh, In the scene where some... Did you? Mm -hmm. Good. Okay, everyone, I think everyone should. I'm just saying. I mean, you know, if you guys haven't, what are you doing? Uh, in the scene where Simba encounters Mufasa's ghost, there are people dancing on stage with lights and sticks, and they just put them together behind the screen to create his face, which I don't remember, but that sounds awesome. Uh, I couldn't see this myself, but I heard great things about it. In the version I saw in the part where they're, uh, where in the movie Zazu sings, it's a small world, and Scar says anything but that. Zazu sings, let it go. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> That's hysterical. Uh, I was on Etsy the other day and saw a scar shirt with the caption. I'm surrounded by idiots. I also want that one, dude. Am I just going to be on Redbubble for the rest of the night now? 
<laughs> uh, goofy movie. There was an episode of the show, actually the Christmas episode, that was a lot like the movie. It was all about Goofy trying to hang on to traditions and Max wanting to grow up. It's sad they left out Peg. She was probably the best character from the show. Right. There's an old video game called Sam and Max Hit the Road where they visit different places and make fun of different attractions and theme parks. As a child and teen, my family did a lot of road trips and visited some interesting discount theme parks, including Muckluck Land, actual name in Alaska, sign me up, uh, and a couple Flintstones theme parks in British Columbia and South Dakota. We also visited a national park somewhere where they legitimately showed a movie called Life in an Old Dead Tree. <laughs> Fuck yes, dude. I'll ask just for for interest for those who did hear the Goofy movie episode and heard me talking about Storyland that I will be visiting Storyland in just two weeks' time for adult nostalgia night in which they serve booze and stay open till 10 p.m. We're all going to, me and my old friends are going to go get drunk. Fuck yeah, dude. That sounds so rad. Uh, So Gallivant, which is interesting uh, that this was mentioned in here. Uh, I don't remember what episode it was, but you were talking about Alan Menken. Yes, I was. We always are. Uh, do you know about the short-lived ABC show Gallivant? I am vaguely familiar with Gallivant. I am vaguely, vaguely familiar. Uh, the music was written by Alan Menken and Weird Al. It is a parody of medieval fantasy and musicals. The songs with the most terrible content are the most upbeat. That sounds kind of like Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Oh, God. Which was a great 45 minutes of my life. Uh, there's a summer nights with grease parody involving zombies. It's a bit hard to find, but worth it. I think you could at least find the soundtracks. Ironically enough, uh, Gordon, I just was exposed to grease too recently. I don't know how I felt about it. It was good. It was enjoyable, but you mentioned grease. And so I just feel like I need to let people know all the passes. Oh, I'm sure. Um, Pocahontas. There was a live stage show at Hollywood Studios. This is definitely an interesting one in terms of what I felt when I first saw it compared to now. Since I'm from Canada, growing up, we honestly didn't learn much about our First Nations people. A lot of horrifying stuff's come out over the years and how First Nations people are treated, especially on systematic levels, remains awful. That tracks. Mm. Uh, The portrayals in the movie seemed good to me as a youth because they were generally more positive than what I heard elsewhere. Learning, Which is basically what we were saying, like, the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is learning more has not improved this movie. Yeah. That is our review of Pocahontas in a nutshell. Uh, I do appreciate them showing greed as a central motivation of the coloners' totes. Absolutely, 110% with you. I am so excited that this fell to me. Muppet Treasure Island. This is the longest fucking thing. And Gordon, I appreciate the shit out of you. You don't even know, but I can barely contain my microphone right now. Um, I love this movie. I love this movie too, dude. I recently showed it to my nephews and niece as well. I try to Gordon. I want you to know, I try to show them up. to my niece and nephews so often. And they're just like, I don't fucking cares. Um, as a blind person, I really appreciate the joke. I think it's some sort of blind fiend. I think they prefer visually challenged fiend. That's actually one of my favorite parts. Uh, now I subscribe to the social model of disability. So I'd probably go with blind fiend myself, but I still laugh. Maybe I'll post about this in July during Disability Pride Month. Do it. Yeah. Uh, at the time Jim Henson died, he was working with Disney to bring Muppets to the theme park. He was indeed. Actually, I found that out shortly after we finished that episode. Uh, there was supposed to be an entire Muppet land, including the great Muppet movie ride. All we got was movie uh, Muppet Vision 3D. This attraction is still alive at Hollywood Studios, but is no longer a California adventure. I love the Muppets, and I'm sad that Disney has struggled so much with how to utilize them. 
it is frustrating that the soundtracks are not available. There is a Muppet 25th anniversary soundtrack that seems to be somewhat available. It is its own. There's like 11 songs on the soundtrack and only like six of them are available. Uh, fuck with me. I know my Muppets. <laughs> uh, there, there are a couple fun things on YouTube. Muppet visit Disney world, a special about the Muppets visiting the parks defunct. Oh, why can't I read? Defunct Land did an amazing five-part documentary on Jim Henson, starting with uh, Sam and Friends, and including everything from Sesame Street to The Muppet Show to Fraggle Rock. That's where I learned that Fraggle Rock was produced by HBO. It's actually that where I learned is it the, as well. Is the most important information mm-hmm. I've heard all week. Like yeah. what? Yeah. And I, I believe it's, I believe it's called Max. Gordon. <laughs> yeah, it's not HBO. You don't want to mention the only profitable part yeah. of that entire <laughs> entertainment. Like, you know, the here. oldest fucking channel on anything. Don't talk about the part that makes money. Get rid of that from the <laughs> Um, I'm, I am really glad though, to get some fan feedback, uh, from someone who really likes the Muppets. Cause that was something mm-hmm. we said in that episode too, is like, do you guys actually like this? Like, I yeah, don't, we, guys even we care. do, we do. Does anyone, does it, is anyone listening to these episodes? <laughs> um, Titanic. I went back in my late nineties journal and apparently teenage me thought this was one of the greatest movies ever. And you're oh, yeah. Uh, I learned some of the songs on the piano. Didn't we all? Uh, there was a second soundtrack release called Back to Titanic. When I saw Celine, Celine Dion in concert, she did a huge production number where something resembling the front of the ship rose out of the stage. Epic. If you watch her performance from the Oscars that year, she's wearing the necklace. Mm-hmm. Equally epic. I heard her say in an interview that there were multiple security guards waiting off stage to take it from her when she was as, that yeah. as soon as she stepped down the stairs, she couldn't even move her hands. They held her at both sides and they took it off of her. That tracks. Um, if you've seen the fabulous musical Come f- uh, Come From Away, I have not. They make several humorous references to My Heart Will Go On. Love Fuck it. yeah. I don't even know what that is, but I want to look it up now. And then lastly, Hunchback. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say. By this point, you probably could have heard it by now. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's given how long it took us yeah, to get uh, been a while. some feedback. Yeah. Uh, based on things that you've said already, it sounds like you hate it. <laughs> Uh, pretty much yeah that's unfortunate this is one of my favorite videos our favorites again dude and this we said it so many times it's us we're the problem it's me. <laughs> yeah it is it totally is us we swiftied the shit out of that yep um Love you. i know i appreciate the darker tone and the themes perhaps it's just the lands for me as a disabled person there was a broadway musical production produced short-lived uh you can watch it on youtube it is even darker i don't know how that's possible man unless for yeah, right. his wish um oh shit okay never mind he goes on i should just read yeah, <laughs> frollo right. is quasimodo's uncle and esmeralda dies womp womp uh, I'd say Alan Menken rewrites of or rewrites of the songs and new songs also make the musical version superior. The soundtrack is available on Apple Music and probably elsewhere. The sequel has no redeeming value. You're goddamn right it doesn't, <laughs> dude. Holy shit. Oh, well, we appreciate this feedback so much, Gordon. Thank you so much for sending this absolutely beautiful novel. Um I'm sorry it took us so long to get to the feedback, but we really really appreciate that and um yeah, send us send us your thoughts, guys. Um, and uh, and thank you so much to Mike for the request as well for War Games, and we'll definitely get that in there. Um, oh, we when you, we dude. wrap up what we're doing now, why don't we schedule in some of these requests because we've got quite a few. Yeah, that's a good idea.
me. Hi. I'm the co-host. It's me. <laughs> that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Just uh, in time for Taylor's version, which comes out in just just a week. I for know. Speak now. So I keep getting a bunch of ads for it, so I was like, I have to do something. What a time to be alive! <laughs> it is a time to be alive. She said in the show last, like this past weekend, like to be nice to John Mayer effectively, and I'm like, good luck. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> Nobody's gonna be nice to John Mayer, dude. Stop it. Good try, Tay. <laughs> I meant to so send you mean. this meme the other day because we were on this like hype about like the Flash and Matt's obsession with it and shit. And it was the picture of Barry getting ready to run and the gl- the lenses come down and it's like everyone on their way to write a new song for Taylor about John Mayer. <laughs> it was like, that's so good. <laughs> oh man, I guess as good a time as any to say for the record that no, we're not we're not going to do an episode on the Flash and and no, the Flash wasn't any good. Scott, did you even see it? I haven't yet. I did just go see Asteroid City yesterday. So for those of you who are Wes Anderson fans, I highly recommend it. Was it good? It was very good. It's very confusing. So I'd definitely have to see it a couple times. But I'll probably see that on streaming. But uh, yeah, Flash was not worth it. Um, no, that's what you and Matt told me. And yeah. When it comes to DC, I usually just wait for you guys. That's why I didn't see Shazam. I didn't go see Shazam either. Yeah. And that was also bad. The yeah. the sequel, to be fair, the the original Shazam was good, but you mm. know. But anyway, mm. tell us about well, what we're, we're here. here to talk about. Yeah, everybody, get up! It's time to Space Jam. Okay, this is like the greatest fucking song of the '90s. I remember that this song was everywhere. I used to go to this roller skating rink when I was a kid, you know, because I had that kind of time. And this song was always every, just about every song from this movie was on there, like before R. Kelly was R. Kelly and like Steve Miller band did like fly like an Eagle and all that shit. Or, well, it's, it's seals cover of Steve Miller band, but technotronic had pump up the jam, which was already a song, but now it was like the greatest song ever used. So yeah, we're here for space jam. And I genuinely had to go back and look if this was our first sports movie. If you want to get technical, it's not a uh, karate kid. That's, technically yeah, no you're goddamn right no well, yeah, right. I, I know Karate it Kid is. was our first sport movie it counts i'll yeah. die on this hill <laughs> <laughs> i fucking loved the karate Dude, kid <laughs> it was oh man that's a that's an episode i wish we could go back to and just like relive that it was, was really like an, an an exciting important moment in my life when we, when we reviewed the karate kid and yeah, solving all great. her problems with karate and similarly in this movie we will be solving our problems with basketball with basketball without explaining how the sport works in any way shape or form it's less silly than explaining everything with karate um very true it's also very <laughs> you know what i really enjoyed too uh that i didn't tell you about but that you would like when we were at the baseball game last weekend, which, by the way, thanks for holding it down for Independence Day. I was sorry to miss that Got one. You. But also, I shouldn't be on any of those ones. It was so. It was like the Top Gun episode was better without me. Independence Day was better <laughs> without me. Like, you guys did great. But uh, I was laughing um, and, and speaking of the Karate Kid because my sister and my brother-in-law, when they say that you need to be careful, they say you need to be very unagi. Oh my like God. from friends. Yeah. <laughs> and 
<laughs> Ross is like Unagi. <laughs> um, and they said we have to be really Unagi because of where we were sitting. There was like a lot of foul balls that could come up yeah. our way. And so we had to be careful of the baby, right? To make sure like, because mm-hmm. if she gets hit with a baseball, it's like, that's a serious situation, right? So. So I'm told. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what we would expect. Yeah. It's like, it would not be. <laughs> you different. know, so, like babies are prone to damage. You mm. know, probably not great to get hit in the face with a baseball. <laughs> <laughs> 110 mile fucking bullet. Well, so they'd like hit the ball, and if it looked like it might be a foul, everyone's like throwing their bodies over the baby, right? Everyone's like freaking out, and they're like, you have to be so unagi and like have so much unagi. (laughs) (laughs) And that had me laughing my ass off. And then, of course, the baby got really unagi. Like, she's everyone kept like putting their hand up in front of her face and like throwing their arm up in front of her when they would hit the ball. Well, no, so she started doing it every time that they hit a ball, she put her hands up. Oh my god, like, hell yeah, yes, dude. She's learning. So Give her a mitt, man. She's ready. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Mira's a little genius. Dude, but she's anyway, a I can you know, she's the best. I would love to do a podcast just about how much I like my niece. But instead, we'll talk about this sports movie, which is not sadly, very sadly, not about karate. It's not. And I uh, man, is Angels in the Out not Angels in the Outfield? Sandlot is on our list, right? Like it's no. We're it's not, not? God damn it. We've passed that. We have anyway, passed it. You're right. I'm a fucking idiot. We've long passed it. No, we passed it and I didn't say anything on purpose because I don't give a fuck. You're, if anyone That's would fine. like to see Sandlot, you're welcome to put in a request to rewind the timeline. Scott And will I'll do it by it. myself. Yeah, yeah, I'll take Scott care of it. Scott will deal with that. It won't be me. Yeah. Anyway, speaking <laughs> of Space Jam. So I loved this movie as a kid and I was frequently asked by my very, very good friend, Ashley, I had like 17 at friends named Ashley in high school. So we're millennials. So that's a uh, universal experience. It's very true. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I called them all by their last names and my very dear friend, Erickson, who I love to death, um, constantly asked me to it, like requote the little aliens. Like <laughs> when, uh, when Swackhammer gets to the game and he's like, who, when MJ gets introduced, he's like, who is he a Looney tune? And he's like choking that little one. The little one's just like, ah, ah well, perhaps. And I was just like, dude, these things are fucking hysterical. But yeah, this um, this was a movie, dude. And it's weird to watch this with a critical eye now because I tried to still like it. And I did laugh my ass off at all the parts where you would think Scott's going to laugh his ass off at this. But there's a lot more that went into this that I never fucking knew about. So let me let me jump into this for you guys. <laughs> Um, directed by Joe Pitka, the film was written by Leo Benvenuti, Steve Rudnick, Timothy Harris, and Herschel Weingrod. For live action, it stars, obviously, Michael Jordan and Wayne Knight, with the voice talents of Billy West as Bugs, D. Bradley Baker as Daffy, Danny DeVito as the villainous Swackhammer, and Kath E. Susie as Lola Bunny. <sighs> Who watching this movie, I was like, oh, Lindsay's not going to like this. Um, No (laughs) shit. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, God. Thanks. I hate it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Actually, I I don't surprisingly have like an entire page of notes about Lola Bunny, but I do have thoughts that I'll, you know, that won't surprise me. I figured that's why I put her in the room of requirement because I was, we have, obviously, we'll talk about about her. Yeah, yeah, we'll get It's not, I'm not going to throw a hot fit though. Um, I actually like her character, but it's all the behind the scenes stuff that I don't like. Like, I just, we'll talk about her. But it's not. Uh, for those who are like, oh my God, Lindsay's going to rant about feminism for 40 minutes. That's not what's going to happen. Um, but I do have thoughts. 
Excellent. Here we are. Um, and now that we've added it, it is noteworthy enough that we need to mention the music. So while this, like so many other films we've recently covered, deserve their own section for music alone, the score was composed by James Newton Howard, who is best known for his work on Disney's Atlantis and his partnership with Hans Zimmer for The Dark Knight. However, no one gives a shit about that because you don't even remember that any of that music plays. It is most notable for the song, well, the titular song, Space Jam, performed by Quad City DJs, Pump Up the Jam by Technotronic, and Seal's cover of Steve Miller Band's hit, Fly Like an Eagle, which is actually the first song that we hear. It's awesome. That yeah, cover, it's, like, just is the 1990s. It is a great, it is, like, that's, We've yeah. We've said that about a lot of things like, over yeah, the course of these 90s movies, but, like, this season Wait, the fact that we didn't think about that one like, i know that's that is the 1990s that's, um, i know it's <laughs> incredible and obviously no you know what i just realized the first song is i believe i can fly by r kelly and for obvious reasons that's the only time i'm gonna bring that up that's also kind of is the 90s though yeah yeah that's before everyone cared what about r kelly no, just about like that artists could be shitty people kind of thing. Oh, no. I mean, I just that it's like just I don't know that song in this movie just like transcends any of that. It wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. It wasn't like the R. Kelly stuff wasn't public knowledge at that point. No, that all happened not. in like the very early O's. Like there's still. Oh, that's right. That's before right. Before that happened. Yeah, we're still we're still before that. You're right. You're right. Um, for the like two people on the planet who don't remember this movie, um, I, I'll hit you with a plot really quickly. Um, after Bugs Bunny tricks would-be alien invaders into a game of basketball, the diminutive villains steal the talent of several prominent NBA pros, forcing the WB Toon heroes to enlist the begrudging aid of the now-retired Michael Jordan, lest they be forced into servitude for all time on an alien theme park. Wow. Which, that's the most Looney Tunes, like, fucking thing. <laughs> like, it just, everything about this just fits perfectly. I think the amount of stuff in this plot that doesn't get really explained that we'll talk about that's I just know. like, it just is. It's just like, except yeah. this, the alien, mm-hmm. the, like, the existence of the alien theme park could be its own movie, and it just is. It just is like, yeah. deal with it, and the movie basically opens on it. It's just fucking crazy. So, anyway, you can't really stream this anywhere you said it was on <coughs> max <laughs> uh, max max yeah it used to be on max and now you can only find the stupid fucking sequel which i have um, not seen for the record and didn't watch for this uh, yeah i didn't either and i refused to because after i did my fucking <laughs> have you never seen this, it no i have no desire to wow one of these days we'll have to we'll have to like watch it I, in the timeline just for like nostalgia, like go back reasons. I was excited when they announced it. And then I heard it was such dog shit. I just never bothered. Yeah. The general consensus was that it was just a plot for WB to show off all of the IPs that they have. Yeah. That's literally all it was. Which normally um, I'm sort of here for. But. I kind of am too. That's why I was like, oh, dude, like this could either be like really good or really shitty. And the thing about it is like, there's no reason for this movie to have existed. It's kind of like last week when Andrew and I were talking about Independence Day resurgence there's no reason that that movie needed to be made at the end of the first independence day in 96 the we won humanity wins that's we don't need them to come back i mean i think it's made for the same reason that a lot of stuff 
was being done that like these weird like 90s nostalgia sequel and reboot things i mean we got yeah. black back we got mm. you know like a lot of a lot of those and jurassic park is even a, like I, not that i'm sorry about the jurassic world movies i'm not no that's fine that's like two weeks <laughs> let's, away let's be honest i'm no no jurassic world like the those sequels oh, the, when yeah, they okay, rebooted okay. this the franchise mm-hmm. um not sorry about that for the record. Love me some dinosaur trash. But, Hell yeah. uh, you know, they, they were doing a lot of rebooting of some of these things. And the reason is that these were the, as we're finding in the timeline, some of the first big, like, this impacted the pop culture, like, this existed stuff starts happening in the 80s and 90s. Like, we know this. Like, the 70s had some stuff that was, like, big culty classic things, but primarily you're looking at star wars and indiana jones and that's at the end of the 70s and it, you know like the, yeah. the big sort of ip things that came into existence came in in the 80s and 90s and we're in the 30-year nostalgia cycle for those so mm-hmm. i think that this is something that all of like you know until we burn the earth down we'll continue <laughs> to see like there'll there's 2000s nostalgia will be a thing 2020s nostalgia will be a thing if we're all still here in the yeah. 2050s which open question yeah, open question you guys figure it out. Come back and let us know. All right. <laughs> it <laughs> depends on how everybody votes in November as to whether yeah. the planet continues to exist. So we'll see. <laughs> but um, but I think it's like that's why they did it. And I'm actually glad that neither of us has seen the sequel. Like I thought mm-hmm. about it. And then like I thought about watching it last night or, or right before we recorded. I almost sort of like glazed through it. But I was like, you know what? Go into Space Jam the way you're supposed to go into Space Jam. Go into yeah. it pure. This isn't about the sequel. This is about the year of our Lord, 1996. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the timeline. Let's go. Nineteen ninety six. It's the last time that we'll be here. Ish. Uh, we're well, actually yeah, that's planning um, some fun crossovers with the It's Neat Pod. So look out for that. We might be seeing some ninety six stuff. Yeah, uh, and if you guys haven't listened way. to them, go check them out. They're yeah, fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, shameless plug. <laughs> shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> I am looking forward to that though. We're working with them on a collab now, so we'll probably be back in ninety six, coming soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in 96, what happened? All right. Major League Soccer has its first ever season. Very cool. And 38 million <laughs> acres of the rainforest are reportedly destroyed through timber gathering. Very uncool. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> also, speaking of people getting together and making fucking decisions about things, the Rotten Tomatoes on this is. I give up. Obviously, it's like the most like reliable, legitimate metric out there that we should absolutely be listening to in every time. But yeah, forty three percent on the tomato meter, which that about tracks. But the sixty three percent audience score surprised me because I loved this movie as a kid. I know, and I don't even like sports. Like I barely had ever seen basketball, but like I enjoyed this. I mean, because this isn't like a basketball. This isn't like a sports movie. Like Sandlot and like. Uh, Angels in the Outfield and 
rookie of the year. All those movies, all the movies are about the sport. This has really never really talks about basketball. They're like, we're going to play these aliens in basketball. Cool. That's it. All right, here we go. Yeah. It's about Michael. Yeah. It's about about Michael. But anyway, um, this movie wins absolutely nothing whatsoever at the Oscars. Uh, Nothing. R. Kelly wins a Grammy for I Believe I Can Fly. That's that again is the sound of the 90s. Mm-hmm. But also Braveheart. Braveheart won Best Picture in 96. Mm-hmm. Um, and Frazier and ER won the big Emmy Awards. Tell me about the money on this. Oh, the money. The money's actually pretty interesting on this. So it had an $80 million budget. Space Jam made a total of $250 million worldwide, making it the 10th highest grossing film of 1996. But it was the highest grossing basketball film of all time until 2022's The First Slam Dunk came out. Obviously, the highest grossing film of 96 was Independence Day, which we just covered last week, which made close to $837 million. So, yeah, Space Jam never stood a chance. Sorry, No, zero. Yeah, not a fucking chance. Obviously, there are no Disney warnings, and there is nothing for these to show up in the parks anywhere, because this is not Disney in any way. Although, this movie does, funnily enough, make a hilarious jab at Disney. And I will talk about that a little bit later. But as we had discussed, and the final portion of the timeline jump is the sequels or the remakes. So in 2021, Space Jam, A New Legacy opened to absolutely abysmal reviews, 25% on Rotten Tomatoes, in fact, and was seen as a generally uh, poor excuse for WB to flaunt all of their IPs in a single film. (laughs) General reviews touted it as, quote, unfunny, flat, and shamelessly IP-driven branding. The film cost $150 million to make and barely made over $163 million back in its entire run. Yeah, so not sorry we're not doing the sequel to Space Jam. Yeah. All of you guys <laughs> wondering why we didn't watch it, there you go. Just yeah. hit rewind really quickly. You can hear all about it just again. But Coming let's go in into the, the actual fucking movie. Um, all right. So for the movie, the space jammiest, spacest jam of all the jams, jellies and jams, if you will, but not really. So this is probably one of the most interesting things I think I've ever found out about a movie we've ever done is that the entire premise of this movie came from a Nike commercial earlier in the nineties. The entire idea behind the film's premise arose from a mid-90s Nikes commercial featuring Bugs and MJ having a def- having to defeat Marvin the Martian in a basketball game. <clears throat> when Pitka actually brought this to WB, they were initially wary of greenlighting the film, fearing modernization of the Looney Tunes classics, which is actually a huge thing um, with why it took so long for the Looney Tunes to become relevant again. And it was a key feature or key factor in Disney overtaking them in the 90s with relevancy and their shows and their channel and all that stuff. However, after the tremendous success of the Hair Jordan and Aerospace Jordan commercials, WB allowed the film to proceed with Pitka stating that it was a great learning experience for the production company, discovering that Bugs and the gang still had tremendous relevance to the people which I think is very important because I loved the Muppets and by the Muppets, I mean, Looney Tunes, what the fuck is going on right now? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, I love the Muppets too. 
I know. Here we are. I like <laughs> Tiny Toons. That's the kids, right? Yeah, they had a Lester good. They had, the Tiny Toons movie was good. Yeah, I remember that. And there's that Vaguely. terrifying possum, and yeah, there's like. Oh my god, that's right. Remember Holy that? Shit. And they're like I... in the bayou. Yeah, some scary. Yeah, shit. I remember all that. Holy like crap! Everybody loved it. It's kind of like Muppet, uh, 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 Muppet Babies. I also liked Muppet Babies. This yeah, was a too. movie, though. Muppet Babies was a TV show. Well, Tiny Toons was a TV show. Oh, I guess I just am thinking we had that on VHS. We had the movie, and I just saw it a thousand times. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> probably okay. to the point right. that I didn't realize there was anything else. Like, uh, anyway, that's fine. Um, that makes sense. So, what I also think is interesting is actually one of the funniest criticisms that Lindsay had. Michael Jordan's agent, David Falk, had previously turned down several film roles for Michael Jordan, feeling that Michael, quote, could only act as himself and feared that he would be too inexperienced and wooden, which is ironically even playing himself kind of how he came off in this movie. Yeah, like it was endearing, like he was definitely the best part of this movie, Mm -hmm. but But it was was still hard. Well, and you know, it's like. Acting is hard enough, but especially if you're acting against something that does not exist. Like yeah, he's you acting can't against high-five. cartoon characters. It's like, I mean, even fucking, uh, you know, Michael Douglas in Ant Man was like obviously just standing there in a oh, CG, yeah. CG screen, staring around <laughs> himself, like what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's looking at tennis balls for three hours. Yeah, this isn't a James Cameron production. This is like, this is not. <laughs> Which, if, in case I haven't let the masses know yet, I finally saw Avatar The Way of Water, and I'm, I'm an Avatar stand now. I Make didn't see it, it stop. Theaters, but I'm obsessed now. You guys Avatar. don't even know, Scott dude. Holy shit. It. It's you not that I won't watch it. it. It's it's funnier to watch you and Matt argue about it. And the Matt hasn't watched text. it either. Everyone, I know. No one, you guys don't get to argue Matt with me. Matt refuses watch to watch and it. And I'm a stand now, and I now have seen it, like, at minimum 10 times. So Holy I'm, shit, dude. It's 30 hours of your life you'll never get back. That's how much I liked it. And it's All probably right, more than 30 hours. And I don't know why you won't therefore watch it. If I watched it 10 times, I can't believe that you won't give me a single. I'll like. watch it one time tonight. Like, Maybe not tonight. But. Really good. It was right, awesome. Fine. I fucking loved it. Anyway, James Cameron, Explorer of the Sea, had nothing to do with this movie. And therefore, it was challenging for Michael <laughs> Jordan to work across, like, you know, animated characters. Oh. Um, well, to know, that end, too. just wasn't quite there to, like, bring Bugs Bunny to life. So. No. And there is, I will get to that in a minute about like the technology and everything for this. Cause we haven't seen anything like this since cool world, which was WB's attempted answer to Roger rabbit, which is basically about Brad Pitt wanting to fuck a cartoon. I'm not kidding you. That's literally what that movie's about. And I think Kinda I talked about like it on Roger rabbit. Roger rabbit. Exactly. Um, but to that end, it was actually extremely difficult for the studios and or for the studio and Pitka to get their live action talent, aka the other pro players. Um, uh, as the premise of the film was so unheard of and insane at the time that many feared it would just never get off the ground. And this is where the animation comes in. I really liked the other like. Like, the I five like other Charles guys, and, like, yeah, Charles Larry Barkley, Bird, Bugsy, like, and Larry Bird cracks me up, dude. Like he is just not taking any of Bill Murray's shit yeah, the whole like, time. They were awesome. They were great. Yeah. Like, they, but but anyway, the animation. Yeah. 
So the animation for the film was so advanced that after just a single week of production, WB was forced to bring on more help, including pulling people from the feature animations division in Glendale off of 1998's Quest for Camelot, which, if memory serves, we are not covering. No. We're not. No. Uh, Space Jam is one of the she first. She says anim- emphatically. Oh, I know she was. That was. No. That wasn't even. A, I'll consider it. No. Uh, Space Jam <laughs> is one of the. It was one of the first animated productions to use digital technology entirely. 2D animation and backgrounds were done on paper with pencil at Sherman Oaks Studio before being scanned into Silicon Graphics image files through Cambridge Animation Systems software called Animo. Cinesite, the digital media company behind the touch-ups and final product, had actually begun developing MoTrack, which is the predecessor to MoCap, uh, Motion Track, uh, tech while working on Under Siege 2 Dark Territory the year prior, and were handedly ready for Space Jam and its numerous moving 3D backgrounds. And to be fair, it does look good, right? Like it's it it's doesn't look terrible. Looking. Yeah. Um. And and I will, as everybody knows at this point, always put us in the historical sort of framework of like where we are in relation to Toy Story at this point, because mm-hmm. I think I think that's important once you hit the mid '90s. And we are, you know, Toy Story's been out. Like we are in the world of Pixar, yep. and this does look pretty good. Like it's totally acceptable. I don't hate it. You know, inflatable Nedry notwithstanding, which was terrible, but uh, yeah. that might be the worst piece of of animation I've ever seen. In so context. it's it's genuinely a tie between Stan being reinflated on the basketball court and Michael Jordan being turned into a basketball. I don't think it's a tie. I think the reinflation of Nedry, which is his name forever in perpetuity no matter what he's just he just is Nedry. that's fine um yeah you can call him stan all you want i don't know who that is that's fine. Uh, monsters um, monsters we got monsters here see no one cares <laughs> um but i thought i thought that uh i thought that overall it looked pretty good like even like the putting the live action characters into the animated world and vice versa i thought all looked good it never took me out of the movie i thought that the animation of the characters looked good i thought it was like a really excellent use of where 2d animation was at the time where they're like incorporating a lot of computer elements but it's it's not a a fully computer animated it's not cg characters entirely Mm but they do look good. Like I, I actually thought that yeah. this held up surprisingly well. I will praise this movie for its like, it, it looks good. It, it does. I it, does. it does. I, I will give you that. I genuinely think the scene where they're in Michael's house, getting his stuff did a really good job. There's a couple moments where it's like the dog isn't that big when they open the closet. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why are we so zoomed in on that animation actually looked bad. That was one of the only moments that properly took me out of it was when they like open up the doghouse store. Yeah. Yeah. That was just weird. But yeah, no, I'm totally with you. It actually, it does look really good. Like bugs coming up underneath the carpet in the middle of the hallway. Like it just, it looks really good and they do a really good job of moving the physical real stuff out of the way. Yeah, it was genuinely seamless. And honestly, as much as I I sort of was ripping on it a second ago, something about Michael Jordan's performance here actually really works. And this sort of (laughs) bemused, like, we're like, you can tell he's looking at nothing, right? He's just standing in a big green room. But it's just like, his sort of like, what? Like, it actually kind of works. Like, his performance, like, 
works for me in this movie in the context of what's good, what the fuck is going on. Like nothing about his performance or the animation or the way that they integrated the live action with the animation took me out of the movie really, except for those couple, I think those three yeah. moments, right? The basketball, the Nedry inflatable, and the dog dog in the closet yeah. to an extent the first shots on moron mountain i was a little bit like this looks like trash like they were they were trying to do a little oh. too much computer stuff in that opening shot but, yeah. but it was one second you know if, if i can only list like a couple moments in the movie that that it was like what the fuck and this was made all that time like 30 years ago i think this holds up great yeah by comparison to everything else we see like I mean, it's, and it's not even like a, wow, you're bad at acting kind of thing. Like the kids are really bad at acting. I'll- I really liked the kids. I actually, I disagree. I think the kids were great, but I really liked the line that, of, that Daffy says when he's like, well, that's the worst time or the last time I work with kids or animals. I oh, thought that, that was the funny. last time that I work with children or animals. Yeah. That's okay. That's always was- a fun joke to drop into a movie. I enjoyed that. I thought the kids were really endearing. I really liked that whole sequence is my favorite part of the movie. I liked the kids. My problem is like the over, you know what it is? I'm tainted from Sorcerer's Stone. I think, I think they're kids well, are so that bad. I know. I think kids are like, it's hit or miss. They're either going to do really well. Like some movie I can't think of right now or stranger things, stranger things. Great example. Or they're going to be really bad. Like the youngest son in homeward bound or the oldest son in this yeah they, i really liked the daughter she was great she was and really I, funny yeah i liked the at the end like when he does come back and they're like where is michael and they're at the baseball game and he's not there and she's like he's yeah. not done with his other game like his other game she she's was like, the cute fuck are you like the kids about? the kids were great i i thought they were fine um yeah. they're not the the main characters which is like no fucked with harry potter right it's like also oh, just to let you guys know talk about that for days <laughs> i know it's gonna oh, dude, so up, we're so close in the timeline right to like a bre- we're gonna have to have a whole season of the yeah. show dedicated just to us tearing harry potter and a new asshole and I making no should. friends in the process because oh yeah actually probably losing friends if i'm probably being totally losing listeners guys. probably having to yeah. shut down the podcast like losing patrons <laughs> harry potter brought us harry down. potter just we're gonna get in there and just like lose our minds for oh my god i we so are <laughs> it's um, and, and in reality it's eight movies it's gonna be a minimum of two months oh yeah but it totally will consecutive be consecutive because of the layout of the show so everyone yeah. can rest easy um the one little fun fact I will say about the kids is those are not his real kids, but they are named after his real children. Yeah, he does have uh, three kids and yep. two two boys and a girl age wise. And then he has two twin girls who are much younger, who, he, who are like seven right now or nine or something like that. Yes, something like um, that. But uh, so... I just want to point out the sort of like weird serendipity of this yeah. um, and just how sort of randomly apropos this is. Cause did you see air? Has everybody seen air? This just I haven't yet. Out. My mom saw it. She said it was really good. It was good. I, my comment on air would be that I think a story like that benefits from a longer time frame. It's very Uh-oh, like contained. since it happened. No, no, no. Uh, like, in terms of the storytelling, I think the story should have taken place over a longer period of time. Oh, okay. It's pretty contained just to making the shoe deal. Mm. Which I'm like, big fucking deal. It seems like there's more. To, it just seems, it seems like there's just like, I kind of felt like I was left 
lacking a little bit. Like, I don't know. I Maybe I have to watch it again, but I felt like um, yeah. it would have benefited from being something that has like a lot of time jumps. It's one of those like longevity, like yeah. tales, but it's not really about that. It's not really about Michael. It's re- so I don't know. It, but I did like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but Didn't just Matt say the same his- thing about the Flaming Hot movie? Didn't he say I'm that? I've not it- seen that. I no, I could just when he was just talking about that. Matt was talking about it, but I don't remember what he said about it. Yeah, whatever. Um, but good thing that that Michael's mom got him that percentage of sales from Nike because he did not have, have an acting future. So nope, not a chance in hell. By um, the way, there is a statistic out there. I can't remember what it is, but it's something like every minute of every day, Michael Jordan makes something like six thousand dollars or some shit. Yeah, off of off of the Air Jordan royalties right? in the Air Jordan. Yeah. Well, and his all three of his older kids work for like Nike sports yeah. department. For the Air Jordan department. So that's cool. Like there's, you know, makes a bunch of money from that. But I, I read something that they said like it because a, a new law like just got passed around college athletes and using their likenesses and being yep. able to make money from it. Right. Um, and they said that like if that had been in place all the way for Michael, it's like trillions of dollars. Oh, yeah. He would have been he would have been set for life before he even got drafted. Yeah. Like it's crazy. So I that's that piece of that movie is really, really interesting. That was the thing I thought was most interesting about that. And it reminds me of that episode of South Park, the crack baby basketball episode. <laughs> like, yeah. um, oh shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, but just a, a minor piece of of Michael history and and endless shade to my friend Nick, who's like a huge, huge Come on, Nick, fan. you had an opportunity today, dude. He had the shot. He had the shot. I was, I asked him if he wanted to come over and talk about Michael for a little bit and tell us something about basketball. But, you know, just a good thing that you know vaguely something about sports. Because if it was just me up here, this would just be embarrassing. Yeah. Like, I'm like, ah. But, <laughs> but Michael did uh, retire from basketball in 93, played professional baseball like his dad, right? And then mm-hmm. came back to basketball in 95 before he retired again in 99. So when this movie came out, he was active in the nba um after having come back from retirement which is just like like what the fuck like right after like yeah. gary came back from retirement he made space jam and it's yep. just like perfect okay, like that's an interesting <laughs> piece of the puzzle like, he's ready absolutely wild um you want to know the wackiest thing about my experience with this movie yes always apropos of nothing um because i've had a cold I was so fucking aggressively sober when I watched Oh my this. God. <laughs> like, this is the cut. Like, I should have been high for this. Like, this is like, you yes. should get high to watch Space Jam. And I have not, like, I've just been incredibly sober for a, a hot little minute right now. Um, I'm very upset so with cool. you. Well, it was just. It's well, no, just, I know. You're sick. Well,. Also, you know, whatever. I was thinking, come and take a little break, but uh, yeah. but yeah, definitely was weird. It's weird thinking about that. That I, I've fucking sat down and watched Space Jam sober as an adult. Yeah, I willingly years. sat down for this. Yeah, like I. There were I no just, kids in the house. It's just really outside of my norm, and I'm also sober sitting here reviewing it. And it's just like this feels weird. Um, I don't like that. Anyway. Um, so characters, to- I just never, like, I don't even know. Like, I want to have something interesting to say about characters and themes, but I'm also like, never mind. Like, there's kind of nothing here. Um, if you want to talk about anybody that learns a lesson, it's the Nurdles, which are the 
the the mini aliens, they learn to stand up for themselves. Sort of like in one second that's yeah. like not part of they don't have a character arc about it. They mm-hmm. just Bugs is like, how come you do what they say? And they're like, oh, actually, I don't know. Fuck these guys. And then uh-huh. like end of movie. And it's like, yeah. OK, so I guess I guess they they did. But they, they like learned a lesson, but they didn't have a character arc. Daffy and Bugs have kind of a fun dynamic. They always like, have. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not really a thing, you know? It's just like, yeah. I like seeing them together, but that's about it. Um, but I guess Michael is the kind of the one with the arc, right? And it's it's funny. It's like a nice little meta whatever. It, you know? Because he's is, like, but it's not even like an arc because until he takes the ball back to give like Patrick Ewing and Muggsy and all and Charles like their their talent back or whatever, he had no intention of rejoining the NBA. It never comes up. He's like, wow, dude, I played a game with the Looney Tunes. I missed basketball. He was just like, all right, I got to get out of here. I got a game in five minutes or whatever. And then he gets flown to the baseball game and he plays the baseball game. And actually, fun fact for you guys, there was a shot filmed originally where after he arrives at that baseball game, he hits his first home run. But if memory serves correctly, I don't think Michael Jordan ever hit a home run. So they didn't put that in there. Was he bad at baseball? Like it seems He like wasn't he as bad as the movie makes him out to seem, but okay. it was just clear that it's not for him. But I like how he also plays golf in the movie because that's yeah. like one of the things that he really likes too. But like I did – I guess it's like he's a little bit lost. He kind of doesn't know where he's supposed to be. Like the story makes it out like he's bad at baseball. But he's like trying to play baseball. But all the news – like he's like turning the TV off because everybody's kind of shitting on him. Yeah. Um, And then like he does go back to basketball in the end, doesn't he? Yep. In the very end. Yeah. He yeah. Rejoined, well, because like he gets goaded back into – Joining like Patrick Ewing and Charles are like, guys, just leave him alone. He probably doesn't have it anymore. And then Nedry is like, God damn, you got me doing it though. Nedry is like. (laughs) (laughs) It's just real, dude. It's just real. He's like, you hear that, Michael? They don't think you've got it anymore. And then it's just like the 95 season starts and they're like, welcome back, Michael Jordan. And my thing is like the logistical side of this, like. Were the Bulls just like waiting around for him to be like, all right, I'm done. Just kidding. It was a joke. Like, huh? Wasn't that what happened in real life? That he was like, just kidding. I'm coming back to basketball. And all he's, he didn't he like put out like whatever the 1995 equivalent of a tweet was and said, I'm back. And then he was there. He just told people. Yeah. It was just no, but the there press was some junket. big announcement where he just said, I'm back. That's like all he said at the press junket. And then he was like back playing basketball. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like his, it, his agent was like, and Michael's got a special announcement. And they're like, oh my God, you're going to be a shortstop instead of a like whatever. And he's like, no, I'm back. And they're like, what the fuck? Yeah, he's just like, I'm just going to play basketball now. So I I kind of like the like meta commentary on that. That's just like this this whole movie is like, what if the reason that Michael Jordan came back to basketball was that he got kidnapped by cartoon <laughs> characters and forced to play a game against these like unexplained aliens who almost brought bought him into servitude, but instead now he's going to play for the Bulls again? Like, yeah. What are you smoking to come up with that? And how come I can't tolerate it while I'm sick? Like, I, I just am like, man, I, w- I want whatever peyote they were smoking when they came up For with this, like, real, alternate dude. timeline of how Michael Jordan came back to basketball. Like, I, I do appreciate, <laughs> like, that's the arc of the story. That's what this is, right? The story is yeah. like wh- how Michael Jordan realized he should be a basketball player again. And he never should have left. Yeah. Like, that nostalgic flashback to him talking about, like, I'm going to play in the NBA and then I'm going to play basketball. Or then I'm gonna play baseball, and then just like you, and did. then he, and then I'm gonna get kidnapped by aliens, and like and yeah. it's just crazy. Um, 
And no one really in the movie seems like all that surprised about the fact that there's aliens or tunes. Like everybody's Dude. just it's all fine. It's just like everybody's just kind of like, yeah, Michael got sucked into that hole. We're not going to like question any of that. Although well, Nedry I do, digs a giant hole in the golf course, which I like because he's fixing that divot, which I thought was really fucking funny. Searching for Michael, I enjoyed yeah. that. And he but does when, get down when there. they're all there. It's just no one seems all that. Yeah, the kids like, are just like, oh shit, it's like real cartoons. Like holy fuck. Well, Michael Jordan even is like, oh, I see. There's aliens are gonna yeah, are yeah. trying to take me into servitude if I don't win this game. Are they gonna steal all the Looney Tunes? Like, bet I'll totally play basketball with you. It's like, what? yeah, he's just kind of. Right. Well, and he only <laughs> joins them because they call him Baldy. But yeah, he's like ready to go. He's like, all right, well, this is like my life now, I guess. So here we go. Fucking amazing. <laughs> um. So, I do think that the WB IP is just bad, though. I gotta say this, like I. I felt this way in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I know. I just, it's just this itchy and scratchy bullshit, like was <laughs> barely funny in the 50s where it belongs. So here's, here's like the main issue. And I kind of talked about this earlier with the product or the creation of the film was WB was hesitant to modernize any of their cartoons. They were just happy rehashing Looney Tunes and Hanna-Barbera and all of this shit. And they never wanted to update it. And it could not have been clearer that that's exactly what they needed. And then after, after this, we get tiny tunes. We get a bunch of random, like new attempts at restarting which Disney did a lot too. They tried to restart like DuckTales and all these other shows. But I think WB jumped on the Disney train too late of like keeping things fresh and keeping things new. And they just, people got like, I love Looney Tunes when I was a kid, but as soon as I like had more than six brain cells, I was like, well, never mind. We should six is the limit of brain cells to like, really. it's just so slapstick. Like, and for me, especially I don't even as a kid didn't really love that. Yeah. Um, your life sucked as a kid, man. I thought the shit was so funny. Just, there was other funnier shit out there. I was just That's like Speedy funny. Gonzalez and the Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote, and it's just like the same shit over and over and over again. Yeah. It's all it's it's all itchy and scratchy. No, like it most is. Most of the foundation of these these are just like one character chasing the other character to like commit violence. Like that's mm-hmm. basically it. And I never. <sighs> was that charmed by it and i just think it's like so old schooly and they never really did anything to innovate them and disney actually had enough wherewithal to create new characters yeah i think that's another big thing is wb just never did that they just kept going with the same old shit and it's why i'll kind of i'll sprinkle this in now but we'll get into it later but it's why lola was so massively popular when she came out is people mm-hmm. are like, holy shit. Like it's an actual brand new fucking character. It's why everybody loved tiny tunes. Cause they were like, holy yeah, shit. It's like a brand new thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She it was, was like a big deal. Tunes. She's also the only female character at all in any of it. Whereas at least Disney had like, they're making it's movies, very true. And creating new characters. They had all the princesses. They had like mm-hmm. Disney diversified, you know? Yeah. Um, but that said, it did work. Like, I loved this movie in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I really did. Um, 
And I liked seeing these characters animated more modernly. Like they looked good. They look, and it's cool seeing them sort of like in their own, like the meta world of them was cool. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the humor in this movie for me was all the background shit. Like it wasn't even their traditional, like slapstick stuff. Like Taz cleaning the, <laughs> cleaning the that gym. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was that yeah. was pretty good. Like Although, all that stuff I, was my really germaphobe funny. is just like, oh, nope, I know. I'm done. Goodbye. I will yeah. not be entering the space. <laughs> <laughs> you can't wait outside. <laughs> yeah, absolutely no. Send yeah. me back up through the golf hole. I'm not playing in your spit room. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. No, um, that was disgusting. That was honestly, I was like, I've had enough. <laughs> like, oh no, yeah, I figured you would have been. I was like, this is not gonna go well. <laughs> No. <laughs> like, uh, okay. What is that. it? The fucking um like the moments where Daffy gets hurt are probably some of the funniest for me. Like he gets attacked by the dog and then he knocks on the front door and opens it and buzzes like, dude, you gotta be quiet. And he's just like, Twinkle, twinkle, little star, and then just passes out. And I was like, That's fucking hysterical, dude. It wasn't un- it wasn't horrible. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. It didn't make me like really hate it. I it's not my favorite, but yeah. I it wasn't awful. It's this movie was pretty funny. Like it was a nice modernization of the characters. And, but the part that I thought was the funniest and my favorite plot line of the movie is like the C plot of the NBA oh, the players who NBA lost players their talent. trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And they're like in therapy. Like they're trying to figure out why they lost their talent. And they're, I, I really like when they go to see the psychic and she explains exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. And they're, what happened. And like, they're just like, so pissed. And they leave. Yeah. I thought that was really, really great. Um, it also, and- I feel like that was such a meta attack on the movie itself because it was so difficult to get these players to sign because of how insane the fucking plot of the movie mm-hmm. was. And for them to actually hear it out loud from this woman who knows exactly what's weirdly going on. And they're like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. I also thought that it like it weirdly added some really effective stakes to the movie for me. Yeah. Like I was, that was the one thing that I was like, Oh, I kind of care about whether the NBA season gets mm-hmm. canceled because of this. Which like they like beyond like who gets sold into alien. Servitude, <laughs> like I was like, you know, that was a little bit, those stakes did not feel very real to me, but whether the NBA season would get canceled and these guys wouldn't be able to play and we wouldn't have like a Larry Bird and a Charles Barkley who like, even I know who those people are. I, you know, that was effective. I liked the little C plot. Like that really made me feel like that was the part that made me think that there were stakes and that what they were trying to do was important. Um, I enjoyed that. Um, and I liked the crossover mashup of the IP which I do think was a little bit of ahead of its time. Cause like the Looney Tunes for sure were always together. You know, it's not as though they all had their own thing, but you normally would see. You wouldn't see bugs in the like, yeah, you wouldn't see bugs in the, or Porky Pig in like a Wile E. Coyote cartoon or something Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They didn't have this kind of crossover. So seeing them all together was super fun and it was ahead of its time because like it wasn't very long after this where Buffy would start doing that in the late 90s. I think Buffy is one of the first examples of primetime uh, crossovers with Angel. And, yeah, and then we get um, them taking it to the max with CW. Yep, in the Arrowverse and then, and then taking over like entertainment as we know it in the MCU, right? So like mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there's lots of other examples of crossover events. Like it's a whole thing, but 
Well, they do it a lot. In, like Riverdale does it, right? Yeah. Um, so Riverdale did it with the Netflix remake of Sabrina, actually, yeah. if memory serves. And then supposedly there is a, there is a Riverdale Easter egg in Wednesday. There's also some some extent of crossover with uh, Pretty Little Liars. That makes sense. Yeah, like there's so anyway, it's a thing. I'm sure there's I don't know. Send us feedback with better examples, <laughs> but like, uh, but it was cool to see that. And even as a kid, I enjoyed that. Like, there's a reason that we all we all like it, right? It's mm-hmm. fun to see that happen. It's fun to see that meta stuff. So. I enjoyed that, uh, and I guess I'm not surprised like that people really liked the movie because it was a cool idea, you know. But I would like to see Disney do something similar, like that one scene in Wreck-It Ralph too. Like I know that was all fan service. Oh, when he first gets to the internet, don't like it? No, no, no. The, with the Disney princesses. Oh my god, that's one of the funniest fucking parts of that whole movie, dude. It's like one of the best moments of my life, and I know a lot of people don't enjoy that very much like how dude i don't they know make a meta joke about not being able to understand merida and i fucking that lost it they i just i i uh i don't know i think people thought it was cheap or whatever i don't know but i really liked it and i would very much like to see them put those characters together and just say like fuck the canon like and i know that disney won't do it because they just cowards i don't know why they won't do it i don't know why they won't make a, a disney princess avengers and just put it out on disney plus as like a cartoon and just say fuck it we're doing like just it this exists get good like i don't know why they can't I mean, do that for me the closest we have is back in the 90s there was a show called the house of mouse yes where yeah, that's kind of the disney equivalent isn't it but it's with the yeah. classic characters which fun fact for you guys, because I brought this up on the Goofy movie episode, is the last time that we see Roxanne, Max's girlfriend. Oh, Roxanne. Um, oh, Roxanne and her expensive hair. Her irresistibly expensive hair. Yeah. Yeah. God but I would her. like to see Disney do something like that with their with I'd be their, super uh, down, dude. Characters. I'd I'm shocked so that they haven't. If they can make a live action Moana like four years after the original movie came out, I don't know why we can't do that. I know. Like, then surely we could do anything. We're but, dropping you know. the ball on that shit. I the live action Moana is a bad idea, man. That's a that's all of not, the live actions are a bad idea. Yeah, but most especially that one. That movie came out in 2016. We don't need to yeah. remake it. Like they're currently in production. Mm-hmm. Like they're moving things around their schedule to like release that in the coming like few years. Like it's. Mm-hmm. They're not bonkers. Learning. It's absolutely fucking bonkers. If it gets changed as badly as Mulan does, I bet you, I will bet you dollars to donuts. They stop doing live action remakes. I will bet you anything that they stop. I bet doing you it. they don't because they just keep making that sweet, sweet money. Okay. But like you release the live action Pinocchio with Tom Hanks on Disney plus, and it's an absolute shit storm. Like it was no a shit storm. You're right. I didn't ever watch it. Oh, I did. It was the Little Mermaid up. was highly questionable. Um, My sister gave it, I think, a five and a half out of ten, which That's is crazy to me because Amanda loves Little Mermaid. Dude, I also would give it like a five and a half, and I think that's mm. generous. And the the crazy thing about it is I'm not impacted by it at all. I'm not pissed. And I've said yeah. for years, oh, I'm so excited for this, and Lin-Manuel Miranda's doing it, and if they fuck it up, I'll be so yeah. mad, and you can't fuck up the Little Mermaid. And I watched it, and I'm just like, yeah, it's just all right, whatever. Like, it, like I've it seen it now. I can go on with my life. I have it had no like impact on my life at all, like good or bad. It just exists, and it, I'm just like, yeah. oh, I'm just pretend that didn't happen. I will say for the record, though, the song Scuttlebutt 
we should burn with fucking napalm. Like wildfire that bitch. Yeah, Send it to hell. <laughs> if you I honestly you would be so offended. It's the worst thing that has ever or will ever be. No, um, I've I've heard snippets of it. Uh, that's the Aquafina song, right? Yeah, it's fucking yeah, horrible. I'm, no. I've heard I was also like really incredibly drunk when I watched that movie. I'm Come not going to lie. Like, like to be fair, wasted when I watched the little movie. <laughs> this happens with every fucking one of these live actions. The live action drunk. villain, well, yeah, that, but like the live action portrayal of most of the villains is spot on. It is fucking fantastic. For sure. Ursula was good. Yeah. Ursula, Melissa McCarthy, from everything that I've been told and every, the few scenes that I've seen, she slayed it, dude. Yeah, she did. The, the problem that I have is when we do dumb shit, like give the villain their own movie, like Maleficent. And Cruella, where they're not villains anymore, they're fucking antiheroes. And it's like, no, never mind. You know what? I don't have time for this. <laughs> I, it's, I honestly, if there was a character who I would have liked to see them get their own villain movie, it'd be Ursula. But she's probably around the corner, and it'll be about how her and her sister were banished, guaranteed. Or it'll just be about how she used to be a member of the court and then she got banished. I just don't understand how. No, she's supposed to be siblings with Triton. What it's in anti the Ursula in this? And I'm like, physically how? But also, they, on, I son. don't need to argue with science of the mermaids. Like that's just that's just silly. But anyway, um, let's speed up. Similar to how this movie went. Um, because yeah. yeah, this thing just like started and ended instantaneously for being a two hour movie. It was dude, like- it's an hour and forty minutes, and genuinely. It feels like as soon as they get his stuff from the house, we're already at the game. Yeah, pretty much. That's literally how it happens because there's the the meta joke about him fixing a divot and then Stan shows up right after Michael practices now that he's got all of his stuff on. And there are a lot of meta jokes throughout, like how do people get into Looney Tune land and stuff like Michael Jordan had to get pulled down there and Stan inexplicably dug his way down there <laughs> and I'll save Bill Murray's because Bill Murray's is my favorite part. Yeah. He was great. Um, but dude, this movie is just like, it keeps fucking going and it's, it kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning where this movie does not spend any fucking time on the basketball aspect of the movie. There's no montage about like, let's learn how to play basketball. Yeah. It just is like, let's get Michael Jordan. And once he has all his shit ready to go, let's just play this game. And it's like, okay. Every like, member no, of the Looney Tunes I, just has some kind of rudimentary understanding about how the fucking game of basketball works. Like granted, there are no penalty shots, which this game would have been four days long. <laughs> if we're calling penalty shots and like fucking like technical fouls and all this shit, like Bugs Money has a goddamn motorcycle on the court. Like, let's settle down, okay? But I, but, I actually liked that. I actually liked too. how, and that was like the like at halftime they drink Michael's special stuff or whatever. Michael's special stuff, like, that was <laughs> um, nice deltoids. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was a good little twist. That was very you know very Ted Lasso. He would have totally had yeah. something like that, but. I like how after halftime, it's like the thing that gets them to win the game 
is that Bugs reminds Michael that like this is Toonland, like you can do whatever, yeah, you can the, do fuck whatever you the fuck you want. And Michael's yeah. like, oh, what? Like, and that's yeah. how he does the big stretchy, which also was sort of a crappy piece of animation. Uh, that final dunk, but it's I like the how best that- of all the live action anime. Or like dealing with cartoon physics, it's the best yeah. of all of them. For sure, for sure. Especially because um, his voice doesn't get all high pitched like it does when he turns into the basketball. He's like, ha ah! Like it was like, why the fuck did you do that? Oh my god. Yeah, I but I, I did enjoy that as an element of it of like, yeah, and the game is whatever. And the tunes mm-hmm. start to win when they like leverage their strengths. And like, it's not yeah. very well developed. It's not like it's like an arc that pays off very well. <laughs> like it could have if they, yeah. there's another version of this movie where they have to like learn that they can like, wait, but we can still be tunes and we can be ourselves and we can tap yeah. into our own strengths. And it doesn't matter that we don't have the strength of these like NBA players because we have the strength of being tunes. And that means we can do crazy shit to win. And like, I just wrote a way better version of this movie. You really they, did. They chose not to ask me back well, in 1994 <laughs> when it was being developed. But, uh, you know, that's to their detriment. Um, that's their fault. But no, there's all kinds of versions of this that had like a much stronger narrative, like message or or character arc or or, or anything, you know, set up and pay off any, anything. But but it sort of was there. I did like yeah. that part for Michael. I like when he's like, oh, well, shit, you're just telling me this. And then they go and win. That was that was good. So yeah, that he's was like, on- you tell me this shit now. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> But it's like on theme for me that they didn't have any any penalties that it was just chaos. Oh, I know. Yeah. He's and that's the most fun part of the movie, right? It's like it's fun watching them like fuck just, around with them and shit. And yeah. Well, just like have this like totally unhinged game of basketball it was like fun to watch. <laughs> like it it was. It was good. Yeah, I really uh-huh. um I really I, that's probably that's, like the game itself has some of the like best moments in this whole movie. It actually has the best Bill Murray moment this movie and it's a quote that i use in my everyday life um you know like just about every other movie we've ever covered on this fucking show there is a quote uh that i just add to my life every day but the one thing i will also say and i did kind of mention it earlier is like michael jordan was a baseball player before this all happened and this takes place over like a day yes um and then him giving the talent back to all of them he just gets goaded back into uh, baseball. Like, I like that they put a really random. He's really bad at baseball, but no one wants to tell him he's really bad at baseball. Like that strikeout, Mike. That was a good looking strikeout. And I, I don't know why I remember that quote even before I started watching this. I was just like, dude, why are you talking with your gum? Like, it's just, <laughs> it's so frustrating. Because it's baseball. It's like- yeah, but even like his kids shit on him. His one, his oldest son James is like, why don't you like tighten up on the bat? And that, then Michael Jordan's like, fuck off, kid. Like, I don't. <laughs> I'm the professional <laughs> athlete. Get out of here. I I did enjoy that. I like how everyone's like falling over themselves to like give him a leg up. You know, yeah. Like, Nobody bother Michael. We just want Michael to be here. And my vague understanding of the true history of this is that that's kind of. What happened? A little bit what it was like, right? Like mm. people were like stoked to get into baseball just to like see what would happen. Yeah. Just like, wait, what? Michael Jordan's playing baseball? Like, I guess I'll watch baseball. And like people were like, like draw drew a lot of attention to the sport um, that he was in it. But <laughs> it was just yeah. it was crazy because no one's ever switched sports like that. That'd be like fucking Tom Brady randomly being like, I want to play hockey now. It would be it would be like Tom Brady saying he wants to play golf. 
Yeah. Honestly. Like, cause it's, cause baseball is so like, I mean, like no offense or whatever, but like, so to the fans or to the players or whatever, baseball is like the least physically demanding. Oh like, yeah. You know what I mean? Compared like, to him coming off basketball where he had to run up and down the court, like all day. To yeah. Ba- be like ripped and be yeah, like, to a, baseball? like the greatest athlete of all time. To, like, For real. Playing baseball. Um, He's yeah. Sitting it's not down exactly, 80% of the time. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like you don't have to be like cut to play baseball. So um, you should be though. I mean, sure, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it's not. It's not the most physically demanding sport. Well, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so it's anyway. All of those things. Um, <laughs> here's here's what I'll say, and I I wanted to add this at the very end. Here is, and I have been alluding to it the whole time. Uh, I genuinely think that Bill Murray makes this movie. Like I genuinely think for the like four times that he's in this movie, he is fucking hilarious. And when production began, that role was written for him. Like they never had anybody else in mind and he actually couldn't join production until right before it began because of his schedule. And they're like, fine, we're just going to shoot other shit without you. That's why there's a bunch of like random parts where he's not in it. Mm-hmm. Dude, I he is. I just love him so much, and it really does kind of break my heart to find out that he's kind of an asshole in real life, or so I've been led to believe. I don't know. I haven't heard it. Yeah, I haven't heard like. Yeah, I haven't sought out that information. Yeah, I know. Um, I just he was I, good in this though. I liked his whole like he wants to be an NBA. He player. wants to be a pro player. So yeah. his. <laughs> It's it's the way he interacts with the rest of the movie, right? Like as soon as Mike gets sucked down the the hole, yeah, he's like, "What kind of camera is that? Could you not point that at me, please?" And then he just like throws the camera. <laughs> I, he's so meta, like it's yeah. the most. He's the most meta part of the, of this movie, and it's a very meta movie, and it's like. Yeah. And, it's meta before meta was a thing, which is part of what made it so successful and so funny. And it's not too much. It's not too in your face, but I really liked when he shows up at the game and they're like looking for a fifth player. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) I like when someone goes, I didn't know that Dan Aykroyd was in this picture. Oh yeah. That's (laughs) cause it's just a fucking ghostbusters reference. That was the funniest line to me. That was, I liked that one. That stuck. Hey, that's hilarious. I like well and like you just mentioned like it's meta and so when Daff which leads into my favorite fucking quote in this whole movie um when Daffy is like Mr. Murray I I have to ask like how did you get here and Murray's just like well Rooster's a friend of mine and you know he just he the made a call a of- Ivan Reitman is a fucking friend of Bill Murray's and he just brought him into this game like that's the most like i asked him if i could come it was yeah yeah, that was and then daffy's like well isn't that how it works like that's my favorite okay so that's my favorite quote he's like "Uh uh-huh so that's how that goes i just think that is so far i don't know why he's just like daffy is the most fourth wall commentary on wb like he kisses his own ass with the wb emblem on his ass yeah yeah. And I'm like, this is so self-serving. It's insane. It was funny. It was good. It was like this movie actually was pretty good. Like for yeah. for having almost nothing to say about it in the in terms of the things that normally make a movie that I really like. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. have a super tight story with clear themes or no or a lesson or a story arc or a growth of some yeah. description. It just sort of is. And I love it. 
it was great. Yeah. I, I really expected to, to dislike it a lot more going into it. And again, reminder, I was sober as a fucking judge yeah, and were. a sick one too. I was mm-hmm. like not happy. Uh, and I still had a really good time watching this not stoned, <laughs> which is fucking incredible. Like this, that's bonkers. I, can you even imagine how much I would have liked this if I'd been able? to Oh, watch it dude, I, she would have given I this like a ten out of ten. This like a twelve. I would have yeah. like so fucking <laughs> amazing. Shit. I honestly think like had I had had I had an edible, which I just didn't happen to have an edible and was just really sick last week and just like couldn't smoke and had no edible and was just so looking upset. at my vape just like oh no <laughs> I, need I have to you. watch space jam sober right now dude okay i, I need you to be so uncontrollably blasted for fifth element i can't that's even tell you dude that's not a oh problem. my god i'm so excited it's a garen fucking tea right there let's go yeah um, that that will be happening i'm so um, stoked for that but let's get into the rumor requirement because i got nothing else yeah, what else do we have in the rumor requirement? Since let's get the this whole movie is kind of the rumor requirement. Yeah, this it's whole movie really was. One of the biggest ones, which I actually noticed right at the beginning because I saw his name, um, is for those of you who are cartoon enthusiasts, you'll recognize D. Bradley Baker as one of the most infamous voice actors of just all time. He got his start on a little Nickelodeon game show called Legends of the Hidden Temple. He is not only dude. Don't call it a little show. That's like the, the foundation of most of our childhoods. That's what I'm saying. So not only was he the voice of the announcer, but he's also the voice of Olmec, the stone god that tells everybody the rules of each game. Wow. On top of that, I would love to play Legends of the Hidden. I would have been fucking I, dude, great. I, oh my I, anyway, god. Go on. My just, mom I'm, and I used to constantly try to that and Global Guts. I, dude, yeah. I tried to figure out so many times how to get on that fucking show. I would have been so good at Legends of the Hidden Temple. Oh, I, dude, I would have too. Until but that anyway, part at the sorry. end when the the random like guys grab you, I would have been like, I would have kicked them the balls and just like kept going. <laughs> like, I would have been really good at that part. Yeah, I really would have crushed it. I would have been so good at that game. I would be a Legends of the Hidden Temple billionaire. You would be one hundred percent. Except I'm not convinced you won money from being on that show. I think you got scholarship money. I don't remember. That might be true. You might have yeah. gotten you might have gotten some college money. Because you just got a trophy for global guts. I remember that. You just you got the light up trophy for getting to the top of the crag. Um anyway, so not only is D. Bradley Baker the voice of Daffy, but more like newer fans will recognize him as the voice of every clone trooper throughout the entirety of the Clone Wars animated show and its subsequent spin-offs. He's also the voice of Venom in Ultimate Spider-Man, and he is number four in Codename Kids Next Door, which I got to tell you guys right now, like if nobody watched Kids Next Door that's listening to this, the member number four's real name is Wallaby Beatles, and I almost pissed my pants just writing this. That's the funniest fucking name I've ever, that's the name of a kid. Anyway. So I, I have a really stupid sense of humor. About. I know. You've I'm never not- watched Kids Next Door? Holy shit, no. dude. It was on around the same time as like Ed, Ed, and Eddie. No, I wouldn't have watched that either. Oh, my God. We were too old for that. Uh, I was not too old for Ed, Ed, and Eddie. That shit was prime middle school and high school for Scott. I will bring that on for this. I'll fucking fight somebody. Maybe. Anywho. I don't know. I might have been. I might have been. Uh, you probably just weren't into cartoons. I, I don't know. I still. I, Maybe, maybe at that point I wasn't really watching a lot of cartoons. Yeah, that um, sounds right. I had moved on. To, I mean, 
Buffy was having sex, so that's uh, there true. Was, there was a lot going on that I was involved in that was like not. I was really a big yeah. Buffy fan at that point, and Buffy was like an adult, so that's true. Buffy lost her virginity in like season three, no two. Damn no, girl, one, two, two. Buffy loses her V card in season two. So Are we sure about that? I'm pretty sure because that's when Angel turns evil. Angel turns evil because he experiences such a state of like happiness and pure happiness and sex with Buffy that he like loses his soul. Oh my god! It's an and then she has to kill him and send him back to hell. It's an unbelievable plot development. I can't believe that you're like not a Buffy fan. At all. I, okay, it's like so I was hard. see, I wasn't into that. They I was played into, like, a Sarah McLaughlin song after of when she has to leave did. town because he became evil and she leaves town and it's like I remember being so upset. It was one of the. It was like and I was in elementary school. I was in the fifth grade and I when that happened and I was Dude, devastated. Okay. So. It, to put it in perspective for like, cause I didn't watch Buffy, but I can, I can relate to that in the same way that I was so fucking destroyed when Topanga had to leave Pittsburgh in Boy yeah, Meets see, World. It's not the same. Like that's so no, PG. I understand that. It's I so understand PG. that. Buffy was so PG 13. She was such an adult, but also I know Topanga having to leave Pittsburgh. I also was upset. When that yeah. Happened. I that was fucking rough. Anyway, back to the I room of requirement. If you've got to watch Buffy. Oh my god, go dude. I am still watching Gilmore Girls. Amazing. You're not. You watched like two episodes of Gilmore Girls. I did, and then you told me that Rory's a bitch, and I was like, well, I can't stand this. Rory is a bitch. She's and a total your bitch. list is long and full of terrors. If I could pick one of all the things that I've been like, Scott, you should watch this. Is it Buffy? No, at this point it's Avatar. <laughs> And that's only a three-hour commitment. I know. Honestly, I I'm comfortable with it if you skip to like the 45-minute mark in Avatar. I'm comfortable with it if you skip to when they leave the forest and head towards the, the reef. water. I'm like completely yeah. okay with that. You could skip the first 40 minutes. In the no, I'm going to watch it, obviously. I just... Liar. You never do. No, never I watch will. any of the things you tell that me you're going to watch. not true. It is. Anyway. Scott watched The Last of Us and didn't even tell me. Oh, my tell God. Okay, but I did from. watch it. Just because I didn't tell you didn't mean I didn't watch it. But then that hurts. It's like, why? Then why? If you're not even going to talk to me about it, then why do it? This age-old argument. Anyway, so additionally in the room of requirement, Michael Jordan really did used to wear his North Carolina Tar Heel college shorts under his Bulls uniform every game for good luck. That wasn't just a joke that he made to the tunes. Um, Additionally, for WB to keep Michael Jordan happy, they did build a full-sized court on set so that he could play and unwind between takes and after shooting. Additionally, Murray's entire presence in the movie is a joke in the early 90s Nike commercial, another 90s commercial for Nike, uh, where he basically repeatedly attempts to become an NBA star. That's all the commercials are, and that's exactly what his whole presence in this is. Here's something that's kind of crazy and kind of goes back to (laughs) Lindsay's reaction about the Hunchback of Notre Dame. The role of Stan slash Nedry was going to originally be offered to both Michael J. Fox and Chevy Chase, but WB rejected both ideas. Additionally, Jason Alexander turned the role down completely. He was busy filming Hunchback. He was busy filming Hunchback. God help me. Uh, Yeah. So, and I did mention this at the beginning of the episode, but the movie actually does take a shot towards Disney in the middle of the film. When Daffy suggests that they name the team, the ducks bug bugs replies, what kind of Mickey mouse organization would name their sports team, the ducks, which is a dig at the Anaheim ducks of the NHL who were established by the Walt Disney company. And now uh, we get into the part 
that every Lindsay has been waiting for. I get, yeah, I even like forgot about it. I guess we're saving it for the very end of the episode. The Lola Bunny controversy. I guess I just like, yeah. So I guess. So this was her, yeah. yeah. So this was her first ever appearance. She was literally made for this movie. She was created to be Bugs' love interest. She was strong, confident, independent, and tomboyish in design originally. The original plan had her more or less stand as Michael Jordan's cartoon equal amongst the tunes, but fearing that she would overshadow the legends of WB, the production team opted to emphasize her femininity. Fearing that she would appear too masculine and divert from the love interest storyline and focus that she was originally designed for. So thanks, I hate it. Yeah, thanks, I hate I, it. I my th- <laughs> so what I think about this is like I mean I'm just, I it's, it's like it's barely I'm not even riled up or gonna spend a lot of time on it because it's like so obvious that mm-hmm. first of all, gross to all of that right like they have zero female characters even yeah. I mean and I'm not saying Disney's that much better but at least they had many. They said they had Daisy. They had like there's, so, you know, and they're not sexualized, yeah. right? That's and true. then the princesses, sure. But I mean, in their original lineup, like in the old school animation oh, yeah. lineup, like they still had some women and they weren't overtly sexualized. The idea that she would like come in as not a sexualized character who then like takes like attention away from all these dudes and it's a movie full of dudes is just so 90s, such a <laughs> shitty thought process, you know? It's yeah. just so emblematic of the times, and it's just like, yeah, it's everything I hate about, you know, the patriarchy is <laughs> boiled down into this one over-sexualized, like, rabbit. But what's weird about it, what really bothers me outside of just the obvious sexism, is, like, there isn't really a love story. Bugs is obviously hot for her, and she obviously doesn't give two fucks until they win the game. Until and he saves it, her life, yeah. Sort of like in a Ginny Weasley move, but with less heart. It's just sort of like, all right, great. I'm stoked on you now. Like, why? In a Ginny Weasley movie version. Yeah, except Ginny was always into Harry. Let me yeah, be clear. From I just day mean in that one. one moment after they win the Quidditch World Cup where she's like, or you know what I mean? Sorry. Yeah. They, they win the House Cup um, and they finally kiss, which mm-hmm. is like, but that had actually been, that was actually like well done. Building in up. In the books. Yeah. In the books. In the books. In the books. Um, <laughs> not in the movie. <laughs> sucks but Ginny in the movie is like one of the worst crimes against humanity Dude, but like it, and literature uh, but uh but no I just it's like she there isn't a love story and it's yeah. not even a weird thing where he's like chasing after her and I take umbrage with that I don't I just like there's not a love story there so their little reasoning for sexualizing yeah. her to like make it about the love story is bullshit and her character maintains this this more uh interesting She's a powerhouse, like, dude. She's a yeah, she's actually good yeah. at, at basketball. Like everyone's stoked to have her on the team. Like she does great. She says, Don't call me doll. Like she's mm. not into that. But they draw her into it. And in some ways, even that doesn't bother me. Like you can be sexy and good at sports. I wish that she wasn't naked. Um, but whatever. I, I, like she's just Uh-oh. she's in that yeah. skimpy little tank top and like, but You're also whatever. I wear little crop tops too. Like it's like whatever. I and and that was like it honestly isn't that offensive to me. It just is incongruous. It doesn't really make sense yeah. to me that they say that this is what it was about. Like, oh no, it would it would divert from the love interest. Like, fuck off. There wasn't a storyline yeah, really about that. You just there. wanted to have a half-naked bunny. And then what really does bother me, though, is the backlash. The backlash over the sequel. That's what pisses me off. This movie, uh, honestly, I really liked Lola. As a kid, mm-hmm. I was like, fucking Lola Bunny's the shit. Like, she, I did, as a young girl, take her to be like a strong, bad bitch. So like, that's the I, last. Yeah, that was the other part yeah. of it is after she was 
revealed to the world in the movie, she became so beloved the world over for being a strong female empowering at for her strong female empowering attitude. And even went so far as to receive so much fan adoration and hype since her arrival that a vast majority of the resurgence of merchandising purchases were because of her. Yeah. Like she's an awesome character. She's a bad bitch. I have no, I don't have a lot like, but what I really hate is the backlash because in, in the sequel, and I did like look into this, in the sequel, they dressed her fully, which I think is good. I don't, I, it's, you know, it's a lot like uh, in the real world, uh, beach volleyball players, the Olympic beach volleyball team. Yeah. The women are forced to wear those skimpy little outfits that aren't comfortable. And they've said, we don't want to wear these. And they're like, oh, sorry, you have to wear the bra. You can't wear a shirt. And that's like the Olympic committee has said this to them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why can't she just wear a jersey? Like that's what, and so in the sequels, they have her in a fucking jersey. And the backlash is unreal because people want her to be hypersexualized and stuff. And it's really gross. Like the backlash over the design of, of her in the sequel. And again, have not seen it, but am aware of that <laughs> cultural piece. Um, that pisses me off a lot more than anything going on in the original movie. It's just but the that reasoning makes me really mad. Like if I hadn't known that, if that wasn't in here and I had no knowledge that there was any kind of like, well, we're 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 going to change our minds on making her like cuz what's a tomboy design of her? She's just wearing a full shirt. Her ass is a little smaller maybe. Her tits are a little smaller. No, like, it was that she played basketball at all. Like that's, that's part of the her, she was designed that way from the beginning and that's so that's she the still controversy plays basketball, that basketball though. She's just hot about it. Like that's yeah. fine with me. I'm like you can be hot and play basketball like most professional athletes are hot like that's fine i but what bothers me is that they say oh well we made her sexier in service of this storyline that doesn't exist or in order to protect these characters that didn't need it like that's stupid uh and the backlash over the sequel is stupid but overall i really like lola bunny i just kind of think like why are we why is she so sexualized as a cartoon character there's a lot of that in this part in this period of animation in the 90s like it's not it's we've talked about it a lot lately, actually, in our last two animated movies with Pocahontas and Esmeralda. Like it's it's not not a thing. And, you know, it's. But anyway, there it is. And she's in the movie. And overall, I actually really like her. I think she's cool. I'm glad that they included her. I'm glad that they had, you know, a lady, yeah. a lady bunny on the team. I thought she was great. Um, And I and I like that she was like the only other like capable player on the <laughs> team who wasn't just like. Oh, I guess I don't know what to like some Looney Tunes fucking nonsense. Like her and Michael were like, we playing basketball. Like I liked that. (laughs) I was, I enjoyed that. I thought, I thought she was great. I really did. I just, I don't know why um, there has to be all of this nonsense swirling around. Like it's, it's just because like, Fucking men don't know how to act, man. It's like society is just like, how do we incorporate a woman into the oh like they just and it's like <laughs> head spin and she can't and I'm like, Lola's doing great on her own. She doesn't need any of you guys. <laughs> like, yeah. So to so, put it in perspective for anyway. you guys, Lola Bunny on uh Ranker's official website is number six in the top ten most attractive cartoon women of all time. Jessica Rabbit is number two. Starfire is number one. And the. Who's Starfire? She's from DC. She's oh, Robin's okay. girlfriend. Oh, um, the For those of you who don't know, because we did kind of glaze over it a little bit, but the controversy about the sequel is all of Lola's curves are gone. Her. Not all of them. She still has an ass. I saw pictures. 
Oh, does she? Because everything I heard was that she, they basically like the controversy. No, look it up. She looks hot as hell. All the only difference, she has slightly smaller boobs and she's wearing a full length shirt. That is the only difference. She hasn't lost any of her hotness. Half of her hotness is her cute little bangs and her ponytail. Oh, okay. So the way that they describe her is she's been quote nerfed from what she originally was working, was wearing. She's now wearing a full, she's got performance or athletic performance shorts underneath her Jersey or her uniform shorts. She's regular shorts. She just on. has, she yeah, has like it's thanks like, on. With it's her not a big deal. She has a regular shirt on. It's not. She has not been nerfed. She hasn't been. I saw. I was like looking into this right because I was like, all right, like there's gonna be some shit right about Lola. Oh and yeah. And people are like, Warner Brothers is afraid of their characters. They're afraid <laughs> to just embrace what they have. And I'm like, oh my god, these fucking incels. <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah. like, Jesus Christ, like get over yourselves. You might get laid one day. That's possible. Love it. Might happen. Uh, that's all that this is. So a bunch of yeah. dudes who like can't get laid who are just out there crying because they made their cartoon bunny for kids slightly <laughs> less sexualized. I'm like, there's plenty of shit on the internet for you to jerk off to, boys. Like yep. you can like surely there's something else out there for you to be mad about. Like it's like I'm not even really mad about the whole situation. Like it's like, are you serious? Yeah. You're mad that Lola Bunny's not in a crop top? Like, fuck off. Yeah. I just it's it's <laughs> Honestly, the stupidest thing no, it really that has is. ever been. And it belongs in the rumor requirement. I'm glad we didn't give it its own section because it's yep. just so asinine and ridiculous. Like I just 100% agree. But that said, Lola is totally hot and totally capable. And the best yeah. thing about this movie is she she's is boss. She's yeah, boss. I liked bitch. her a lot. Um, what did you rate this nonsense? <laughs> I get, Honestly, I gave this a 6.5 out of 10. And yeah, I, I think only, that's I think that's right. I'm with you on yeah. that. I think that's correct. The only reason I didn't go higher is genuinely because really no one learns anything. It's just an immediate problem solved by the immediate intervention, or I suppose in this case, kidnapping of <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jordan. But Accurate. it's yeah, it's but it's still funny as shit. It's still just it's just a good time. Um, I would definitely put this on if somebody was like, yo, did you want to watch Space Jam? I'm like, fuck yeah, do you want to watch Space Jam? Let's go. I would also like having seen, like if you'd asked me that last week, I would have been like, suck it. But now yeah. I'm like, definitely. If somebody wanted to watch Space Jam with me, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I'm with you on the six and a half. And I got to say, this baby would have hit, gone all the way to Moron mm-hmm. Mountain. It would have been all the way to the sky yep. if I'd been able to get high for it. I'm telling you, <laughs> I like, I genuinely look forward to the recuperation of my respiratory system such yeah. that I might get absolutely fucked and watch this movie. Like I actually might go back to Dude, it. Like I, think I would, you should. I kind of want to watch it again, just out of my gourd as soon as I'm able to smoke weed again, which is not, which is yet to be the reality. Yeah. Still not. As soon as she can, we will update you guys though. If she does decide to watch it. However, I do I'll hope that you, you are. I'll give you guys the stoner yeah. review. I'll come for the five do. minute. Like, yo, you guys, <laughs> like, I'll be back for that. Uh, as soon as possible. Please um, do. Something I, do I will be you, getting high for. It's <laughs> what we got coming up here. And that's what I'm hoping you're like ready to go. But honestly, I'm going to get us out of here, guys. I will be getting high as fuck for our next movie, which will be yeah. the fifth element. That's going to be fucking rad. So yes. as that's always. That's also uh, like on the timeline, but kind of a request the timeline, isn't it? So it was already on the timeline and Ben requested it. Did Ben request? I don't think that's was it right. Ben? No, it wasn't it Ben. Was I think it was Mike. Ben. I think it was Mike. I might be wrong though. Yeah, sorry about that, Mike. 
Um, but yes, it was already part of the timeline when he requested it. So you lucked out there, buddy. We were already going to cover that shit for you. The one that wasn't was 10 things I hate about you. We had to add that. And we added it shortly after we did clueless. I think, yeah, I don't know. In any case, we got a couple of requests of timelines for things that were definitely there, which to that point, um, follow us on Patreon where, did you do this already? Did you add the timeline to the Patreon? No, I have not. I mean, let's get that on there so that, uh, if you guys want to follow us on Patreon, you can see the timeline and see what is upcoming. Mm -hmm. Will you do that tonight? I will do that tonight. LOL. Right before Um, you watch Avatar. As like, oh, God damn it, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. As always, thank you all so much for joining us tonight. We hope you enjoyed yourselves and maybe even learned something about how hot Lola Bunny is. Uh, join us next week for the fifth element. And I dude, seriously, like I do hope you can smoke by then because this is not a movie that someone That's who's going to be. I, trust me that when I was smoking cigs, we smoked through every cold. It's not a can. I it's it's a like well, that yeah. was not the that wasn't the correct choice to make this week. But I yeah. will not be watching the fifth element sober. Don't you worry. Gosh, it's whatever I'm has so to excited. happen. That'll, that'll <laughs> it's not how this is going to go down. Uh, be sure to subscribe wherever you guys listen to podcasts as well as follow us on all of our social media. You can find the links for our sites and social media on the episode descriptions. If you would like to support the podcast, we would love you forever. And we do encourage you to follow us on Patreon where you can find our show notes for each episode, as well as the newly added timeline that I'm about to add that I haven't added yet that I'm going to add. Uh, make sure, <laughs> make sure to check out our website for all the timeline goodies, including request the timeline. If you've got something that you want us to see, let us know what it is and we will make it happen. But until next time, guys, stay nerdy. <laughs>